This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, September the 24th. As this roller coaster of a season has one more loop left in it before we all disembark. Hopefully not quite this Monday, but um, a wild weekend coming up. Off day today, and then the Rays, three against the Rays this weekend as the Phillies open today a half Game out of a playoff spot. <laughs> this, uh, look, they win last night 12-3. to We'll dive into the game, look at all, and then we'll look at where they stand, what it means, what are the tiebreakers. And then heading into the weekend, we will take a look at all the teams they're competing against, who they're playing, what does it mean, what do those teams have to play for. There is a lot to do the next two days as we are heading into a weekend of baseball where no matter what, the Phillies are in it. Starting the weekend, a wild weekend of baseball coming up. We'll look at the standings today. We'll look at all of it. It is going to be, look, it's going to be fun. If nothing else, as up and down as this season has been, as ultimately disappointing as it's been, let's be real. I mean, even if they make the playoffs, even if they squeeze their way in this weekend, you know, best case scenario, you're probably looking at a team that's 30. I mean, if they win all three, they're 31 and 29. Likely, if they can win two and still have a really good chance to get in, theoretically, um, they will finish 30-30, and 30, you know? So, uh, it's a disappointing season no matter what. But uh, because of the expanded playoffs, they are still alive and still in it. And uh, who'd have thunk it? Certainly not me. With the way this team has played the last two weeks, you know, just the awful, horrendous, brand of baseball we've seen i mean look at this i mean just going into washington four games against the nationals a team that is done out of the playoffs came into it with a 21 and 32 record and you lose three of four to them i mean that's so unacceptable and then of course they win last night of course the phillies won last night that was so predictable who couldn't see them winning that last game of the series just to keep hope just a little bit alive? Um, look, it's been frustrating. And 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 having said that, they still have a chance to make the playoffs this weekend, which is absolutely insane. It is just insane. It, legitimately, it is insane. <laughs> the Phillies have no business sniffing the playoffs and there might be a playoff team this weekend I, again like they just don't deserve let's be real to be in the playoffs but they might be they got a real good chance and 
Let's dive into last night's game, then we'll look at the whole situation and where they're at. First and foremost, shout out to Zach Eflin. At a time where Philly's pitchers have not, I repeat, not shown up when needed lately. Aaron Nola, a recent example. F showed up last night. They needed Eflin, and he showed the hell up. Zach Eflin goes eight innings, gives up three earned runs, really went eight innings with one run, and then gave up a two-run homer to Juan Soto in the ninth to make it 12-3. to three. So at that point, it was like, whatever. Connor Brogdon comes in and gets three easy outs, and that was it. But Eflin was great. Eflin was terrific yesterday. At a time when, you know, the day before we talked about, how, oh, the ace is on the hill, Aaron Nola, Biggest start of his career. They need Nola to show up. Well, you know what? Zach Eflin showed up last night. Literally with the season on the line. A absolute stone-cold must-win game. Legitimate must-win game. And Eflin showed up. Shout out to Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin, when this is all said and done and the Phillies are either eliminated on Sunday or eliminated after the first round of the playoffs, which is how I expect things to go. And look, again, you know, it's a three-game series. You never know, especially if they don't get the Dodgers, if they're playing the Braves or the Cubs, who the hell knows what happens. I mean, you know, legitimately crazier things have happened, but you can't feel optimistic about their chances. Regardless, when we look back on this season, I think that, you know, obviously I think Alec Bohm is the first thing that jumps to everyone, everyone's mind as a, a true blue, real positive, no matter how this season turns out, that that guy's here and he's going to be here for a while as a, Awesome, awesome thing for Phillies fans. And I think we're going to look back at Zach Eflin and say, all right, that's the year we knew that Eflin was a part of this rotation. Like, Zach Eflin is a solid major league pitcher. He's not great. He's not an ace. But Zach Eflin is a three or a four for you, preferably a four. And he can do that. He can be good for you. Eflin ultimately getting his ERA down to four one five, considering the struggles he had early on. I mean, that's really impressive. Again, eight innings, nine strikeouts in those eight innings, only one walk. Eflin has really, really improved his swing and missed up this year. That's the thing with Eflin that's so encouraging is it's not just the results that we're seeing. It's the, it's the, it's the eye test part of it. It's that you watch this guy and it's like, oh, he's got legit swing and missed stuff. You know, Zach Eflin is much harder to hit than he used to be. I, I've been massively, massively impressed with Zach Eflin and what he's done this season. Uh, like, really, um, very, very impressed. As, uh, again, you know, he's had his, his bad moments as well, but um, legitimately, I mean, Zach Eflin has 70 strikeouts in 56 innings. 70 strikeouts to 14 walks. I mean, those are real numbers. You know, he's had some some bad luck with, with the ERA and stuff like that. Zach Eflin's good. That's where I'm at. I believe in Zach Eflin as a part of this rotation moving into the future, and that's a real bonus. It's a positive. And look, outside Eflin, the bats actually showed up. What a miracle. Who'd have thunk it? Don't show up for the first two games of the series. You show up in that third game that you end up painfully losing thanks to Brandon Workman. We we know that game. Uh, but last night they showed up. Bryce Harper, a couple of bombs, goes deep in the first inning. Oppo shot 425 feet to make it one nothing. RBI ground out for Romuto in the third. The Nats get one back in the fifth, and then the Phillies pour it on. Harper, second homer of the game to dead center in sixth inning, 3-1. Then the eighth, it's go time. McCutcheon, solo shot, 3-1. Segura, single to center, RBI, scores two, 6-1. 
We move to the ninth, and the Phillies, thank goodness, knowing this bullpen cannot be trusted. The Phillies poured it on in the top of the ninth as well. Didi, three-run shot, followed closely by another three-run shot by Andrew the Goat Nap. Love Nappy. God, I love that guy. Who'd have thunk it? And then they give up the two. In the ninth, the Phillies end up winning 12-3. to I mean, Alec Bohm batting 333 on the season, two for six last night. McCutcheon, three for uh, three for five, scores three runs. Harper needed it, but a big night. Harper, two for two with the two home runs, the two RBI. Also walks three times. Harper scored four runs yesterday. Four. That's huge. And look, as much as Harper has struggled and had the back injury, the man's still sitting there with a 944 OPS on the season. 944. That's really, really good. You know, as as much as he's struggled, 944 is a real deal OPS. Heartbreak, big night last night. They needed it. Nice to see Romito in there playing a little first base. Did sub out at the end of the game. Obviously, with the big lead, only goes one for four with the RBI single, but nice to see. Didi continues to bring it two for five, three, uh, three RBI with the home run. Didi's been great. What a signing that guy's been. Really just a joy to have on your baseball team. And, and really, I mean, other than Bohm since Bohm came up, uh, but obviously not Bohm wasn't up to start, but um, he's been the most consistent hitter this year. Certainly the, the one you can count on the most. Uh, 289 on the season. My man just keeps hitting a 849 OPS. He's been great. Just great. Gene Segura's been so much better, uh, certainly as of late. 358 OBP for Segura. You don't see him walking at that kind of clip. Two for five last night, a couple RBI. And then Nappy, batting 303 on the season. Nappy with an OPS over 900 on the season. Love seeing Nap. Of course, Scott King Rio for five last night. Less uh, enthused there. But look, the Phil's got it done last night. McCutcheon's ninth homer of the season. Harper's up to 13 with the two he hit. Gregorius, 10. Andrew Nap is second of the season. Look, they got it done. Props. Credit. Respect. We needed it. They had to get it done. I mean, the season literally on the line. As there is no more leeway. There's no more room for error as uh, we're down to it. So three games left in the season. Again, tomorrow we'll look at all the, the schedules finishing out the season and all that stuff. And it is so close. It is so close right now. It's going to be a wild weekend. So looking at the NLE, uh, National League standings, uh, the Braves have won the National League East at 34-22 and 22 there in the playoffs. Um, very likely to be the number two seed as the Cubs, who have won the Central, are 32-24. and 24. So they are two games behind the Braves heading into the last weekend of the season. We'll see how that goes, but likely the Braves, the two seed, the Cubs, the three seed. Dodgers, of course, the one seed at 39-17. They are locked in. The Padres locked in as the four seed at 34-22. and 22. So to put that in perspective, the Padres have the same record as the Braves. They, of course, will be the four seed. And then after that, it gets super interesting, obviously. Right now, as we speak, the St. Louis Cardinals are technically the five seed at a 27-26 and record. Then the San Francisco Giants, one game behind them, 28-27. and The Cincinnati Reds, 29-28. and And then the Miami Marlins at 28-28. and and then just a half game out of the playoffs, the Phillies and the Brewers. The Phillies at 28 and 29, the Brewers at 27 and 28. Some more games to play. Um, all tied up there. 
So, so if you're following me closely, that means that one, two, three, four, five, six teams, the Cardinals, the Giants, the Reds, the Marlins, the Phillies, the Brewers, are separated by one game. One game separates six teams, four of which will make the playoffs. There will be two losers in this bunch. Four of these teams are making the playoffs, and they're separated by a game. It's going to be wild. It is going to be a wild finish to this season. There's nothing else. It's fun and exciting. Now, what that does is I think that, you know, brings us to the important question that I'm not sure a lot of people know um, really the answer to is, well, what does this mean for tiebreakers? Because looking at this, there looks like there's a real good chance that two teams, multiple teams, could tie in the same spot for a playoff spot. And that's where it all gets interesting because normally in baseball, they don't use tiebreakers. They play game 163 or 164 or whatever they need to do to finish it in the regular season. And that's what they do. That's what they've always done. One game playoffs, all that type of stuff. Not so this year with the schedule as tight as it is with them wanting to stay on time, as they say, so bad. Uh, we have tiebreaker scenarios this year. So the season's ending on Sunday. One way or another, we will know who the playoff teams are by Sunday night. Here's how it works. This is from MLB.com. I'm going to read directly from it. Uh, scenario, if two teams tie for a, a division championship second place or wild card spot, and then we'll do the three or four-way tie, which, again, in play here. All right, so here's how it works. Let's start with the two teams tying for a division championship second place or wild card. So this is really... Um, in our purposes, let's talk about this as the Marlins because it's very likely the Phillies tie with multiple teams or more than one for a wild card spot, potentially. Like, that is a real probability, possibility here with how this plays out. The Marlins, though, and the Phillies are battling for the second-place spot in the NL East, an automatic spot in the playoffs. Right now, again, the Marlins are 28-28, and 28, the Phillies are 28-29. and 29. So the Marlins, one game less played, um, but one game up in the wing column there. So a half game separates... The two teams, but as you're here with the tiebreaker, maybe a little bit more. So here's how the tiebreakers work. This is for two teams tying for a division championship, second place, or wild card spot. Quote unquote from MLB.com. Head to head record will be used to break the tie. This should be relatively straightforward for first place or second place in the division because the teams will have played each other so often. For example, hmm. That they use this example right in our faces. For example, it says, if the Phillies and the Marlins were taught to tie for second place in the National League East, the Marlins would officially get that standing by virtue of their 7-3 record in the regular season series. Who would have thought? Losing to the Marlins yet again, coming back to bite us in the rump. In the rump. Not unexpected, but um, a bummer there. So, so in reality, when we're looking at this and we're talking about it, as the Phillies are a half game behind the Marlins, they're really a game and a half behind them. I mean, that's where they're at. They they are technically one game worse than the Marlins because, or really you could say a game right now. Half game back, so they're really a game back because they need to be a half game or better. Now, assuming everyone plays the same amount of games, they can't be a half game better, right? So they either need to be a game better or or not. You know, if they're tied, the Marlins get it. That's a bummer. Now, let's get to if two teams tied from separate divisions because that is obviously certainly on the table as well. Uh, all right. If two teams from separate divisions are tied for a wild card spot, 
And remember this, this is from the article. Remember, there were no games outside of a team's East Central or West region this year, so obviously you can't do head-to-head record, as the Phillies and Marlins can. The next tiebreaker goes to the team with the higher winning percentage in its own division, also known as intra-division record. So, if, say, the Phillies and Cardinals were tied for the final wildcard spot, the determining record, the determining factor, would be the Phillies' winning percentage against NLE's opponents as compared to the Cardinals' winning percentage against NL Central opponents. Should those winning percentages happen to be identical, the tiebreaker would go to the team with the higher winning percentage in the last 20 interdivision games, plus one game until the tie is broken. So basically 20 and then 21, 22, 23 until it's broken. This is... This could get wild, folks. This could get wild. All right, let's get to what is also an incredibly potentially possible situation for the Phillies. As we just talked about, there are six teams for four spots within one game of each other. So, scenario two. If three or four teams tie for a division championship second place or wild card spot. So, in this case, obviously, we are talking about a wild card spot. Now, it is possible that the Reds, the Cardinals, and the Brewers, and I, I, with games against each other, and we'll go through the schedules tomorrow, probably not, but that, that three of those teams could tie for second place in the division. Uh, the Central, which could be, you know, lead to something interesting there um, from this perspective. But ultimately, uh, here's how it breaks down. If all of the clubs, if all the tie clubs are in the same division and have therefore played against each other, when the team with the highest winning percentage in games among those three clubs as the top seed, followed by the team with the second highest winning percentage in those games and then the third highest. So, if, for example, the Marlins, Mets, and Phillies, which isn't going to happen, were all tied for second place in the NL East, and the Marlins' 11-9 and record against the Phillies and Mets was the best of the bunch, the Marlins would lay claim to the spot. The only way the Phillies and or Mets could advance is if they're in the wildcard position. Should two of the above records be identical, the two-team tiebreaker scenario applies. So you go back to that two-team thing. If they have the identical record, then it goes to the winning percentage in the division, and then it goes to the winning percentage in the division of the last 20 games. Should all three be identical, then the club with the highest winning percentage in all intradivision games is the top seed. Okay. Um, if the teams involved, now here's where, where it gets interesting for us, for the Phillies. If the teams involved in the tie are not all from the same division and therefore have not all played each other, I love that it's, it's in all caps, it says have not all played each other during the regular season, then the club with the highest winning percentage in intra-division games receives the highest seed, followed by the team with the second highest winning intra-division percentage, and so on and so forth. So, if it were the Phillies, the Cardinals, and the Giants, incredibly possible, all knotted up for the last wildcard spot, whoever fared best in the division would get that spot. If two of the involved teams have identical intra-division records, the two-team tiebreaker rules applies. That would mean we would go back to the uh, intra-division record, then the intra-division record in the last 20 games, 21, 22, 23, until they have a winner. If three of the involved teams have identical intra-division records, then the club with the highest winning percentage in the last half, so it would actually in this case be the last half of intra-division games, We'll get the higher seed. So that is a lot of stuff there, right? I mean, that is a lot of stuff. So with that in mind, let's take a look at where these teams stand in their intradivision record. What is their record against their division? So here we look. 
the teams that matter. The St. Louis Cardinals are 19-16 and 16 against the Central as of now. The Cincinnati Reds, 21-19 and 19 against their division now. The Marlins, 20-19 and 19 against their division. The Phillies, 21-19. and 19. So same as the Reds there. And slightly worse than the Cardinals. The Brewers, 17-18 and 18 against the Central. Now I'm guessing if it goes to the problem is with a couple ties there. Look, the Reds and the Phillies tied now um, with 21-19 and 19 in those games. Um, and the Marlins, obviously still... Um, one less game there in the division. Um, so this is going to get so confusing, so hard to figure out. Now, obviously, some teams play tonight. The Phillies don't. An off night tonight for the Phillies, but of teams that matter, the Brewers and the Cardinals face each other. So that's a massive one. One of those two teams will fall back. And ultimately, the Cardinals have the better interdivision record, so that'll be a really important game there as those two teams will play the Brewers and the Cardinals. That is a big one. The Marlins and the Braves tonight. The Marlins have a chance to more or less have a you know a chance to if they can win. If the Marlins win and they're 29-28 and the Phillies are 28-29 heading into, you know, the next situation, then the uh, uh then you know you're looking at a bad spot for the Phillies because they're essentially two games back with three to play instead of one back with three to play because again the Marlins hold that tiebreaker over the Phillies and if the Marlins do win that then they're also tied in the interdivision record. With the Phillies. The Rockies and Giants play today at 345, obviously rooting against the Giants. And then, um, so that means that the uh, Reds are off today as well as the Phillies. As uh, So it's going to come down to this big, big game. Brewers Cardinals today, massive game for the Phillies. Marlins Braves, massive game for the Phillies. Rockies Giants, massive game for the Phillies. And then we head into the weekend. It's just, this is nuts, man. This is a wild. Wild, wild finish. The American League less wild. The American League's pretty much locked up. The Tampa Bay Rays, who the Phillies play this weekend. Again, tomorrow we're going to talk about all the schedules. I'm looking at each of these teams, who they face, who does it matter to all that. The uh, the Rays really don't have much to play for. The Rays will be the top seed in the AL most likely. They are two games up on the uh, Twins for the top seed. Um, though the A's are only one game back in the wild card. I don't think the A's are going to make up the games they missed just because it doesn't matter. They're in. Ultimately, it's one of those things where what are you playing for? As long as you're one of the top three seeds, you get that home game in the first round of the playoffs. So the four seeds, you get those home round of the playoffs, and then it's a bubble anyway. So really not much advantage to be in the one seed other than that first round. So the Rays do not have much to play for, but we'll, we'll dive more into that. But the Rays are in uh, seven teams. Uh, excuse me, six teams have uh, already clinched spots in the West. The Rays and the Yankees are in. The Rays as the winner of the East are in. The Twins, White Sox, and Indians are all in. The Twins and White Sox still battling for that top of the division, but they're all in, and the Oakland A's are in, winning the West. Now it comes down to the last two spots. Um, the Blue Jays will get in. Uh, Blue Jays are 29-27 and 27 right now, um, and the Astros are 28-28. and 28. Both those teams, virtual locks to get in. They just have not technically clinched because the Angels are theoretically two and a half games behind them. Um, or three and a half games, excuse me, behind them. No, two and a half. I was right the first time. So they're still technically in it. But we know that the uh, American League playoffs is going to be the Rays, the Yankees, the Twins, the White Sox, the Indians, the A's, 
the Blue Jays and the Astros. That will be your field of eight in the American League. We have no idea what the field of eight is going to be in the National League. We just know that it's going to come down to four of the Marlins, Phillies, Reds, Cardinals, Brewers, Giants. Four of those teams are getting in. It's going to be a wild finish. Unfortunately, right now, today, heading in, the Phillies are a half game out. So them and the Brewers are the ones on the outside looking in right now today. Big games today. Big weekend coming up. Man, it's uh, it's exciting. And even as frustrating as this team has been, as uh, unlikely as it is that you feel strongly about them making it, um, look, it's been a long, long time since we went into the final weekend of the baseball season. Even if it is a short and weird season, it has been a long time since we went into the final weekend of the Major League Baseball season with the Philadelphia Phillies fighting for a playoff spot. So you know what? Let's enjoy it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting, and we're going to find out. Tomorrow, uh, we will be back, and we will talk about the schedules for each of these six teams battling it out this weekend. Who has the easiest schedule? Where? Do, what do people need to do? How do the Phillies match up against the Rays? All that stuff tomorrow as we head in the final weekend of the baseball season. Hard to believe. So until then, until tomorrow, stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.